Hey guys, how are you doing? This is Stephanie, your host of the Legacy Through Motherhood podcast, and man, it is another week in quarantine. <laughs> but at least where I live, it is sunny and is getting into the 60s and 70s, so we have been at least able to get outside, which I feel like makes the days just a little bit better. But I still cannot wait to just be able to get back together with our family and our friends. We just had my third born's fourth birthday party, and it's still kind of a party here because there's seven of us. And we were able to FaceTime like aunts and uncles and grandparents, but you know, it's just not the same. It's not the same to have a kid birthday party (laughs) without anybody there and in the whole nine. And I actually decided to push back our foster daughter's first birthday. Her birthday is next month, but we were just going to combine the two. But I'm really sad because I really wanted to have like a big celebration for her for her first so that she knows she is celebrated and loved and wanted and, you know, all of, all of that. But I just, I don't think we're going to get to. So that's okay. We're going to work with what we can. And I think she'll still feel loved either way. Okay, so today, you guys, is a topic that I think most of us as women deal with. I hear so much in my uh, I don't, women circles, um, mom circles, and really, honestly, in my own life, these statements. We just have so much going on, or I'm so busy, or I wish we had a second to just sit down and have a dinner as family, but our schedule is just so filled. We're running this way, running that way, you know, whatever. Or I really hate this thing, fill in the blank, but I committed to doing it for a year, so I have to go. Sorry, I can't do, you know, X. Or I just suck at saying no in general when people ask me to do things, right? Like, where are all my yes girls? at. (laughs) I have been one. I am not one in the moment. At the moment, I'm not a yes girl anymore. I think I've grown into being able to say no and having more and having better boundaries. But I just want to walk through this together. And the first truth bomb, I guess I will say about this topic is that it is not only your right, but it's your responsibility, you guys, to say no. It is your responsibility to know what aligns for yourself and your marriage, your kids and your family in this season and the seasons that are coming. Literally no one else can know what's going on in your life right now or what's coming down the pipe. For example, like don't say yes to help out with a big project when it was optional. Knowing that you are heading into spring and your kids all do one or two spring sports and you know your schedule is already crazy during this time. The people asking you don't know that all four of your kids do baseball and two of them do spring soccer. (laughs) Only you know that, and it is your responsibility, it's my responsibility to consider that when we answer yes or no. And when you say yes to one thing, you are saying no to something else. If you say yes to that project, that requires time and multiple meetings and whatever else, then you are saying no to being at some of your kids' games. You're saying no to being available to help with carpooling on the nights you have meetings. And you are saying no to being there to help with homework on some nights or, you know, fill in the blank. Whatever it is, because you've said yes to this, you're saying no to something else. So the truth is, you said no. (laughs) You were just forced to say no on the back end. And typically, we end up having to say no in places we would have rather said yes to. We talked in episode 13, Family on a Mission, about knowing what your big vision is for your family 
and I shared our family mission statement and coached you through how to make your own. But you know, I'm not, I'm not sure if many people have this written out. I mean, I really wonder how many families out there know their big picture goals. I mean, do you? And I ask this because I think sometimes we feel like, oh yeah, like I know what we stand for. And we can rattle off all the things that sound good on paper. We want to be out of debt. We want to prioritize our marriage. We want to be intentional about sharing our faith with our children. You know, we do strive to live a healthy lifestyle. As we spend $150 on random stuff at Target, we swing through McDonald's for the second time today, and we complain or nitpick or whatever with our husband, and then let another week go by where only, you know, the only time our kids hear about God is at Sunday school. Okay. (laughs) Then that day will like turn into a week, and then that week into a month, and then into a year, and soon enough, we look around like, what is going on? Like, what is happening? We really desire financial freedom, but we are in so much debt. We can't even see straight. We really value health, but we can't walk up the stairs without being out of breath. You know, my husband and I haven't been on the same page in forever, and I haven't made time to just sit down and pray in like six months, right? Like we wake up in this spot, like, how did we get here? (laughs) What is going on? We had good intentions, You guys, like what we say we want and what we do often has a disconnect between them because we drift. We drift towards being in debt or rocky marriages or having an unhealthy lifestyle. It's not noticeable because we genuinely, genuinely, genuinely have good intentions. And I believe this. And one of my absolute favorite Darren Hardy quotes says this, bad habits We'll eat good intentions for lunch. (laughs) We all have good intentions, the best intentions even, but we are so focused on the convenience of today that we neglect the effects it will have one year, five years, 10 years from now. And we also genuinely think it's fine. Like I'm just going to eat McDonald's, swing through McDonald's today. Tomorrow I'll make better choices. Then tomorrow comes and we push it back again and we really believe, like we to our core believe that at some point we're going to stop and we're going to make a different choice. But the truth is we're making habits, good or bad, every single day. And by the time we look up and think, okay, I really need to do something different. Well, now we're fighting against these ingrained habits that we've made for ourselves. And it's just harder. And if you want to understand habits on a deep level, go get the book Atomic Habits by James Clear. It will change your life. And I want to give you a visual right now of what I just talked about. And you may have heard this before. That's okay. Picture yourself in your high school gym. You're standing on one end and the exit is at the other end. Now, I want you to picture yourself looking up at that exit sign across the room, and I want you to just walk straight there. Walk straight there. Keeping your eyes on the exit, you know, above the door frame, I want you to walk straight towards the exit. It's pretty simple to get there, right? Okay. Now what I want you to do is like, in your brain, go back to the other side of the gym again. This time I want you to try to get to the exit just like you just did but I want you to stare straight at your feet. 
And I want you to like hold your hands in front of your face so you can only see your feet. Nothing else in your peripheral vision. Where do you end up? Your goal is the exit, but you're only looking at your feet. It's the only thing you can see. You're going to put one foot in front of the other and you're going to try really hard. You at least know the direction, (laughs) right, of where that exit is. You're going to try to get there by only looking at your feet. Where do you end up? And actually, if you've ever done this in real life, typically you end up about 12 to 15 feet away from the exit or that door you were aiming for. Even though you had the good intention and you could tell, you know, me what your goal was, you miss it by a freaking mile because you were only focusing on the next step and what you fully think is the right direction is actually just slightly off course. And by the time you reach the destination or like run into a wall, all of those just slightly off steps has you missing the mark completely. Where when you keep your focus on the big picture, your steps stay the course automatically. This is why that episode where I talk about our family mission statement and the importance of printing it out and putting it on paper, on words, you know, I, on words, that's not what I meant. Just printing it out on paper. I want to make like a really pretty board um, to have it hanging up in our house. But just being intentional about even making one is important. Dave Ramsey says, when you live your life on principle, most of your decisions are already made for you. And the problem with this taking it day by day mindset where you're just kind of staring at your feet is that you are solely going up against your willpower every single day. You're going up against your willpower to eat healthy or to not impulse buy. You don't have a bigger pool or cause to be disciplined, so we default to the just, you know, I'll do better tomorrow. No, we won't. (laughs) We know better than that. And gosh, you guys, I can't help but feel like it's here. It's right here when we don't have a clear vision that we lose our legacies that we want. It's here that we live in struggle and disappointment. And y'all, I'm here too in different areas of my life. I slip back into bad habits and get lethargic and think, eh, maybe tomorrow. (laughs) None of us are immune to this because we are human and humans take the path of least resistance. So how do we protect or guard the legacies that we want to leave? First, we need to know what we are truly aiming for. And this is important. We need to believe that we can attain it. So maybe legacies aren't just something, you know, we hope to attain one day, you guys. Maybe there's something we attain a little bit every single day. Like we attain a little piece of the legacy we're going to leave every single day. And then in the end, they all add up to something. Because we can strive for the strongest marriages and faith. And we can strive to be perfectly healthy and disciplined. But if we are starting from zero, that can be really overwhelming. And it's why I am so, so, so passionate about focusing on just getting 1% better today. I may not be able to eat perfectly, a perfect, you know, balanced, nutritious meal all day today. (laughs) But I can get a grilled chicken from McDonald's instead of a cheeseburger 1% better. Or, you know, today I'm going to get a water instead of a pop with McDonald's. 
1% better. Like that's doable. I don't have any food in the house. We're running through McDonald's. You know, we have a crazy night ahead of us. I don't have time to cook, whatever. So like we're running through McDonald's. It ain't healthy. And I don't even, I can't even tell you how healthy their chicken is, to be honest. But chicken over cheeseburger, water over Coke, 1% better. And if you read the book Compound, The Compound Effect by Darren Hardy, he talks about how consistency is really the X factor in almost all achievements in life. You know, it's not about big moments of greatness or discipline. It's about the small, seemingly insignificant things that we do over a long period of time. And then second, once we get a good idea of what our goals are, we need to be ruthless with the word no. No, I am sorry, I cannot take on that project. No, I'm sorry, I cannot attend that dinner or event. No, I'm sorry, I cannot lead this group. No, I'm sorry, you all cannot be in two traveling sports this season. There is not enough of me to go around. No, we cannot go out to dinner again tonight, you guys. And the list goes on. Get really, really good and really, really comfortable with saying no. And here's a quick tip if you struggle with this like I used to. Instead of just jumping into yes or I probably could do that, you know, especially especially if you know that you are a yes girl, <laughs> stop answering in the moment and just say, oh, that sounds really interesting. Can I think about it? And I'll get back to you. This gives you the power. When we are asked like in a face-to-face situation, that social pressure to say yes in the moment is great. Like it's huge. But when you ask for time to think, you give yourself space to actually think about how this could impact you and your family, but you also get to have space to make a decision without the pressure. So if you do say yes, and for sure, guys, there's absolutely things that you want to and get to say yes to, but then you feel really confident that you said yes because it was aligned with where you're going and not because you feel felt pressured to do it. It's because you really, really wanted to. So if no seems too hard for you to say in the moment, but you're really feeling unsure about this commitment, then give yourself some space by just saying, hey, thanks for asking. You know, let me think about it. And I'm also sure you've heard this, but no is a full sentence. It is a complete sentence. You do not have to explain why you are saying no to something. And in some cases you may want to, but There is no rule saying that you have to explain why you're saying no to something. You know, no, it's not the right time. That's fine to say. Or you can just say, nope, I'm sorry, I can't do that. That The ball is in your court to explain or not explain. And the other thing is something I kind of alluded to earlier, but when we say yes in the moment, when we should have said no, That can lead to resentment, you guys, frustration, and just an ongoing thought process of, gosh dang it, like I knew I should not have said yes to this. But saying no, it's hard, and there's a little bit of tension for about two minutes when somebody asks you, but then it's over. Like once you said no, there's a tension right before you say it, (laughs) and then you say it, and there's still a little bit of tension, but then that fades. Why? Because whoever asked you to do something has now moved on and asked someone else. And you feel so much better because you know that you had no desire to do that thing. And I want to remind you of something. You, my friend, are replaceable. You're replaceable. 
Like, isn't that so freeing? <laughs> Actually, if you are anything like me with any level of ego, that statement does not sound freeing. It sounds insulting. Like, no. Actually, I really am the best person <laughs> for all these jobs that I'm being asked to do. Oh, yeah? <laughs> maybe. Like, maybe you are. But even if you could or would be the best person for these jobs, if you're not all in, then someone else who might be less qualified than you but is totally sold out for whatever this thing is, they could show up and deliver better than you can with one foot in and one foot out the door. I mean, you guys, are you a CEO? You're replaceable. Are you a CFO? You're replaceable. What about a COO? Uh, you're replaceable. I have been in close proximity to enough startups or businesses that these positions stay the same and they stay there, but the people don't. And you know the only roles you are not replaceable in? Are you a father? Are you a mother? Are you a sister? Are you a wife? You are irreplaceable in those roles. You are irreplaceable as a mother, as a sister, as a wife. So let's show up as our best self in all of these areas. I mean, whether we are replaceable or not. But when push comes to shove, let's not let our ego think that we are irreplaceable in areas that we actually are. This is why saying no to things that are not aligned with you and your family is one of your biggest responsibilities. And I think one of the hardest things about saying no is sometimes we actually really, really want to say yes. It's something that really would align with us and in, in what we want our life to be, or it's something that we would just absolutely love to do, but it's just not the right time because of whatever. So no can be hard. Like, nope. This either completely does not align or, you know, no, it just doesn't align right now. And I'm going to share two stories with you where I said no when I was dying to say yes. Oh my goodness. <laughs> the first is when I was asked to be on the leadership team for our women's Bible study at my church. And man, first of all, women are like my jam. You guys are amazing. And I love being in the space of other women. I also love being in leadership roles and I love Bible study. So it was kind of like the perfect storm for me. But we have a foster daughter right now, which brings my little kid count to five. And I'm also, you know, trying to launch this business and being consistent for you guys and, and showing up well and creating content and obviously these podcast episodes. And my energy is already at capacity. <laughs> it's already being used up. So I knew I wouldn't be able to show up the way that I would want to. So I had to say no. I was super bummed, but I have gotten good at boundaries and saying no lately. So it was actually a pretty, a pretty easy no for me. Another time I wanted to say yes with every fiber of my being was back in January of 2020. So if you don't know our foster care journey, when we took on three little ones into our family for two months, go back to episode two, the battle for your mind, or head over to my Instagram at legacy underscore through underscore motherhood and watch my foster care highlight. But basically, October and November of 2019, we had seven children. Four of those were my kids, and then three foster babies. And we had six kids under five years old. And it was the hardest time in my entire life. It brought selfless to an entirely new level. I mean, it got to the point of giving just so much of myself that I thought they would be our last foster placement ever. 
Like they were the best, like they were the absolute (laughs) best little children. Um, But the sheer amount of need and dependency of that many small children was just exhausting. And we love them so, so much. And we gave up so much, you know, just to give them a safe and a loving home for the time that they needed us. And I would probably do it four times over. (laughs) Um, And they actually reunified back in November. And so we just took December off just to get back to normal. And then a call in January came for another sibling set of three. (laughs) It was a seven-year-old girl, a four-year-old boy, and a two-year-old boy. You guys, I told my caseworker that I would think about it. And then I came out of our bedroom after I hung up with her and I told Justin what, you know, she had just said that there was a sibling set of three and asked if we would take them. He looked at me like I had 15 eyeballs and said, you told her no, right? (laughs) And then you guys, I went into all the reasons why we should keep them or why we should take them. Like, but they're older, you know, there, there isn't a newborn this time. The seven-year-old would be in school all day and the four-year-old would be in preschool half day. Like we could do that. But also just so you know, like the seven-year-old is a girl, so she would have to have her own room because side note, there's fostering rules where you can't have um, children of the opposite sex in the same bedroom if they are over five years old. Makes sense, right? So I'm like, we would just have to move all four of ours into one room and then she would have her own room and then her two younger brothers would be able to go into the last bedroom. I mean, he was staring, Justin was staring at me like, I think he thought I was kidding. <laughs> like just a month and a half prior to this, we were not even going to take another placement ever. And here I am like trying to justify why we would take three again. And he just said, Stephanie, you need to call back and say no. <laughs> And I was like, well, maybe, okay, I'll call back and say no, but I'll just say, like, if you can't find somebody, call me back. And Justin was like, Stephanie, they are going to hang up with you, wait an hour, and call us back and say they couldn't find anyone, and then drop three kids off at our doorstep. Like, you need to call back and say no. And on top of that, you need to tell them placement calls need to come through me, not through you. (laughs) I called back and said no. And you guys, my heart felt like it was ripped out of me. I could not sleep that night. I mean, first off, I personally had a seven, a four, and an almost two-year-old. So I think I kept putting my boys' faces on these children that I had never met. And I kept imagining our boys being at the mercy of some family just being willing to keep them together. And I was sick to my stomach, wondering if they got split up that night or you know, whatever else, like it was almost too much to bear. But the next morning, when I did finally like wake up, I felt I felt okay. (laughs) I felt better. Like some time had passed. And I realized that that wasn't something I was capable of doing again. And Justin knew that. And honestly, I mean, could we have said yes, and technically done it? Sure. But there is a line I'm learning to balance I don't want to just have kids live under my roof. Like I want to be able to fully love on and care for and give attention to, uh, and I'm talking like physical attention, um, emotional attention, mental energy, you know, to each kid. So if I take on more than I can handle, then that's not going to be good for anyone. So I am slowly learning this 
but goodness, <laughs> my heart was wrecked, but I needed to lay down a no there. And I am so glad that my husband is a little more logical than I am. So, you know, it's good to have, I don't know, like a, the word village is coming to my mind, but I don't know if that's the right word, but someone or some people in your life, in your corner that can help you say no to things that you really should say no to, even when you don't have the strength to do it yourself. I joke, I think that I have an alternate personality when I get a call for foster care. Like it goes into this like person who has like unending energy and can just take on the world. And that's probably not good because that's not sustainable, right? It's usually, it's like, I'll get a call and I get like this, it's like an adrenaline rush, you know? And, um, and so I feel like I'm like, yeah, we can, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. And that's just not, it's not a good place to be. And actually my caseworker, which is kind of, <laughs> this kind of, um, I don't know if this made me mad or made me, um, I guess, open my eyes is when I said no, I was telling her the next time I saw her, I'm like, are you proud of me? Cause I said, no, she was like, actually, I was really surprised. Like, honestly, we just called you because we know that you don't really say no. Okay. <laughs> Ouch. Right. So like, I don't want to say that I love my caseworker. I absolutely love her. So I don't want to say they're taking advantage, but like you guys, if people know you're not going to say no, like, why won't they ask you to do something? Right. It makes their life easier. So Anyways, let's be women who know our big picture goals so we can answer yes or no to the one million asks we get daily and weekly and monthly. There is a book called From Good to Great, and it emphasizes that good is the enemy of great. So let's not get hung up in just all the good things that we could do because there's a ton. Instead, let's just get super clear so that we can step into the few great things that God has given us, the strengths for and the talents for and the abilities for. This is where we become world changers. This is where we can leave intentional legacies. And this is where we can teach our children to be ruthless with what they say yes to. They don't just see us, you know, float with whatever way the wind blows they see their mothers and their fathers take personal responsibility with what they are choosing to do in life. And they model, we model what it looks like to have clarity and vision of the purposes that have been put on our heart for us and for our families. And you guys, it's not selfish, right? Like it's almost the opposite. Like it's almost selfish to just jump into things that we're not passionate about. Like there are other people out there that are passionate about those things. I'm not saying like, don't help someone out every now and again. I'm saying be clear, like be clear with where, where you need to be. And then just go all in there and consider taking the time you guys to sit down and journal or just really think about what you want your legacy to be then look at your daily decisions and routines and really your habits and see if they fuel that vision or not. And remember, wherever you are at right now, whatever you are doing that aligns with what you want out of your life or whatever you're doing that is totally out of alignment, you are already enough. And you can be enough just the way you are while simultaneously growing each and every day. 
And make sure you check out the show notes for this episode for a free resource I've made for you to just kind of help with this process. And I look forward to talking to all of you guys soon. Join me in the next episode as we talk about finances. If you have listened to the previous three financial episodes, then you have heard our story in bite-sized pieces. Basically, we upgraded our life like everyone does once we both had adult full-time jobs. Just quickly kind of realized that we were making pretty good money, but we were still paycheck to paycheck and our choices were completely limited. And I wanted to stay home with our children, but I couldn't. Like we have lived, we had lived in a way to where that just wasn't an option because I mean, I was a teacher. I wasn't making that much money, but I carried our insurance and we needed my job because of that. But there was one event that happened that changed the trajectory of our financial lives forever and we are now debt free and we are on baby step number six which is paying off our mortgage and I'm just going to walk you through our downsizing journey of how we went from in over our heads to debt free in just about two and a half years so until then make sure to follow me on instagram at legacy underscore through underscore motherhood to find daily encouragement this week on mindset. And I am so excited, you guys, to walk with you and help you find your grit while completely covering you in grace.